Thanks for joining us today. We are always encouraged to know that God is using this ministry to touch lives all across the world through what He's doing right here in Murfreesboro, Illinois. Please take a moment and share what God is doing in your life by sending an email to info at cccmurphy.com. We trust that you will be blessed by today's message. Now, how many of you, when you came in, got a talent? Hold, hold your talent up if you've got it. Everybody got a talent. How many of you didn't get a talent? Just wait a minute. If you didn't get it, everybody, only if you did not get a talent, hold your hand up. Okay, they're going to try and help you out. I understand that for some folks there's just not that much help, but we're going to, no, I'm kidding. We're going to get you. We're going to get you a talent. You, you may have to share a talent. Here, you can have mine. Come and get it. See, that, that becomes the next thing is it's like, how bad do you want something? You know, it's, well, I need one, but I'm not coming up there. I want to talk to you today about talents. But if you would go with me to the 25th chapter of Matthew. And as you're going there, I want, I, there, there were so many topics that I wanted to preach on today, but I couldn't, I, I couldn't do them all. So I finally settled with this. So I want you to turn around and look at the person that you're sitting next to, and I want you to say this to them with me. Are you looking at them? Go ahead and look at them. Come on, it ain't that bad. <laughs> look at them and say this with me. Give me your very best. How many of you uh, have employees? Hold your hands up if you have employees. How many of you, when th those of you that have employees that work for you, how many of you instruct them, now all I'm asking for is a mediocre job? <laughs> if you're going to work for me, you know, you're going to have to be mediocre. No. Nobody wants that. What you're doing is you're saying, I want you to give me your best. And so I thought about God and, and how all this ties in to our lives and our relationships with him. And he actually leaves us a parable in the 25th chapter of Matthew that deals with this. It was going to start with verses 14 and 15. It says, for the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country. Everybody say, that's him. Jesus is referring to himself here. He says, for the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants. Say this with me. We belong to him. The Bible said we're not our own. We've been bought with a price. You know, people talk about, I'm a self-made man. Well, let me see you make another man. You're not a self-made man. The only one that was ever made man was God. Now, here's the thing is, you've got scientists now that say we can make man in a lab laboratory. Cloning. We can make man. No, they can't. The only reason 
that they're able to replicate man is because God gave them the right material to begin with. You take that material away and nobody's making nothing. So we are his servants. We don't like that, do we? We don't like, how many of you love being told what to do? Hold your hand up, honey. <laughs> well, none of us like to be told what to do. Debbie said, it's how you tell me. So what I've learned to do is, darling, sweetie pie, sugar of mine. <laughs> It's, it's about, now, see, there, there's this part of us because we are the United States of America. And literally, our existence stems from our rebellion. Now, don't misunderstand me because there are some things that you've got to rebel against. But what you don't want to do is get a spirit of rebellion. Because, just because we, we exist because we rebelled, we rebelled because of the way we were being treated. But God is the giver of good gifts. So he wants the very best for us. So we need to give, to give our very best for him. And so he, he says here that the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods. Everybody say it's his stuff. You woke up this morning breathing God's air. You drank a cup of God's coffee, got in God's car, burned God's gas to get to God's house. It all belongs to him. It's yeah, everything that we, I'm wearing God's clothes. <laughs> so everything belongs to him. He delivered his goods to them, and to one he gave five talents. To another he gave two, and to another one. Now let me pause here for just a second, and let me talk to you about the talent. Now I'm, we're, I, I, I need you to understand that the talent here is symbolizing something. But just in the, just in its own meaning, just if you look at it from, from the standpoint of just looking at this like there's no spiritual implication, it's just a natural story. The talent he gave them was worth a lot of money. Everybody say it wasn't cheap stuff. I mean, depending on the commentators you read, it's, you know, some talk about it, it, it being like a, 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 a year's wage, and others have, you know, simply for the sake of being able to frame it so others would understand it, put the five at 10,000, the two at 4,000, and the one at 2,000. It was actually worth more than that. It was very valuable. What I'm wanting you to understand is God didn't cut you short and he doesn't skimp when it comes to you. He's giving you his best. So he gave them his goods, his talent, his goods. And it said, now watch this, to each one according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Everybody say, God gave it according to our ability. 
He made an investment in our lives with his stuff. He made the investment according to our ability. Let me, let me see if I can illustrate it for you. Let, th those of you that I talked to, come on up, would you? Real quick. Come on, come on. You know who you are. Just come up here and stand real quick. So he gave, now, now you, you got to stay with me here because God gave them the talent according to their ability. Where did they get their ability? From God. Here's the mess we get in. It's when all of a sudden man starts choosing what our ability is. Hold on to that. Here we go. Now, I want you to go out there and make a living doing that. See, the, the, the problem we have is sometimes we get so twisted up because we're trying to do something that, that isn't what God gave us. Okay, I, I'll never forget, you know, people, we need volunteers, we need volunteers, and so all of a sudden jump up. Do not put me in the nursery. I mean, not unless you want to come in and see that I've tied your children. <laughs> It's like, you, you, what are you talking about? It's just like, you know, and, and some people, the first time, I'll never forget when I was, a, a, you know, I, I met Debbie for the first time. Look, there were no babies around our house. They were growing babies on trees. There, there, there were all kinds of kids running around their house. I remember the first time I went to their house and all these kids are running around, you know, and they're in diapers and all this ah! stuff flying through the air, you know. And, you know, and she, had, she had a nephew, man, that would throw stuff at you. And I thought, buddy, I'm going to, no, I'm going no. He did just, you know, and it was, it was just, and, and honest to goodness, man, it was like I felt like I was in shell shock. I was just, good night. I love you, honey, but I got to get out of here. Yeah. I wasn't used to it. It wasn't, it, it wasn't my gift. And I've watched her mom sit down with a room of kids bouncing off of a wall and gather them in the center of the floor. I want to tell you a story about a man that got swallowed by a whale. So unless you're good, you may end up swallowed too. <laughs> oh, she had a way of working those stories for her benefit. <laughs> but she, she, could, she could captivate those kids. And, the, and I thought about God knows us. Who knows us better than the one that created us? And rather than us fighting, trying to do something or be something that he didn't call us to be. Why not let him choose instead of us choosing? You know, 
If, if I got to choose, honestly, if I, if, if I got to choose, I'd have been a singer. I would have. What are you all laughing about? <laughs> the first time I ever got up to preach, man, I thought I was going to be sick to my stomach. I'm telling you the truth. I thought, and, 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 you know, I was in a service in Chicago, and some guy called me out of a line. He prophesied over me, told me what my ministry would be. And look, man, today, he hit it. I mean, I, you know, uh, later in life, all of a sudden, I found myself doing what he said God called me to do. But just because he said it to you at that moment doesn't mean that you're ready for it. And so it's about he gives to us according to our ability. He's trying to take us on a journey with him. And so what happens is sometimes somebody comes up to you, you know, and they say, well, I think you'd be good at this, or I think you'd be good at that. And, and, and then we're sitting with something. Do you know what that is? <laughs> you know, if you knew how to use that, you could feed a family. Don't let it go off. So, but what you've got to do is you've got to say, look, leave it to God. And what God does is God knows exactly who he created this for. And so he places it in their hand. And he says, you know what? In his hand, that can supply people's needs. In her hand, it's liable to cause her to her harm herself. And so you've got to know what belongs to who. And so you've, you've got to say, okay, God, what am, what am I supposed to? Oh, wait. No, that just doesn't seem to quite work, does it? But i got to swing that, would you? No. What? <laughs> it's right. <laughs> you see, you, you've, you've got to learn that God knows what he's doing. Give me that. And that's the thing. That's just, folks are just like him. They get a hold of something. They don't want to let go of it. No, God, I'm doing it. I'm taking it away from me. I want to sing. So then you start singing. Figaro, Figaro, Figaro. See? Don't mess with me. <laughs> Anybody can fake it for a while. <laughs> but if I had to sing the rest of that song, we'd have a real short service because you'd all get up and walk out on me. <laughs> it's, it's learning that there are some folks that know exactly what to do with what you're giving them. <laughs> Did you hear what he said? He said, now I can use that. You see, Larry, man, he, he, he amazes me. He works on all types of these, the, the vehicles that are out there on the roads that are taking care of the roads, and he does all the mechanic on that. And when they've got a problem, they bring it to him. Can you imagine taking it to Kat? <laughs> she didn't even know how to check the oil in her car. So, so, but, and, and then all of a sudden, you know, but, and, and in James's hand, that hammer can quickly become a home that someone lives in, and he's very comfortable and very equipped to do that. But you put that basketball in his hand, and we're going to have a big time. 
Because he's going to look about like me out there. What are you getting? I'm saying that this is his gift. That that golf club, we went golfing yesterday. And if I hadn't had Tim there, can I get a witness? <laughs> Curtis, you know what I'm talking about. If, if, if we hadn't had Tim there, we ended up shooting just seven over. Who said that? <laughs> Do you understand that seven over for me is like 20 under for Arnold? I'm, I'm, I mean, man, seven, seven over. And, and, and Tim was, and honestly, Tim's game was off a little bit. I was trying to help him out. <laughs> So, but, but what I'm saying is that we ended up seven over. My score on, actually, I usually, the first time I played golf, first time I ever played golf, I shot a 63 on nine. <laughs> Those of you that don't understand that will get it later. But, but he, Tim knows how to use that club. Gerald can take that bow and put it through a deer's eye. How many of you excited about that? How many of you are going to holler at the deer to run when he gets in the woods, you know? And Kat makes a living from what she's learned about that round circle. I mean, think about it. Who... You know, th th think about the way we think. Oh, you're that, come on, you know, you're, give me that basketball. You can't do anything with that basketball. You think you're going to make a living with a basketball? Michael Jordan didn't do too bad at it. <laughs> I'm just telling you that God's got a gifting that he's prepared specifically with you in mind. Give them a big hand, would you? Go ahead and... You can, you can... Uh, yeah, just lay them down here. I started to say you can take them with you, but I'm afraid I won't get them back. All right. <laughs> Everybody say ability. God knows what he's put in us. He, he's given us that talent. Now, here's what the parable said. It said, after a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. He came back. Everybody say he's coming back. I have people ask me all the time, well, when is Jesus coming back? Some guy was working a secular job. He come up to me, well, when do you think Jesus is coming back? When do you think Jesus is coming back? And I got so tired of hearing that, I finally looked at him. I said, Blake, I don't know. I said, he might come back in five years. He might come back in 10 years. I said, he might not come back for 100 years. And I looked him right in the eye and I said, Blake, he may come back for you tonight. Man, his mouth dropped open. I said, you read the obituary column. He's coming back for somebody every day. I said, the question isn't when's he coming back. The question is, are you ready? And he wasn't ready. But can I tell you, after I shared that with him, he got ready. What are you saying? Because God has equipped us to share. Amen. Say, Pastor, I can't never cross the ocean. You can cross the street. He, he came to get an account from us. Everybody say accounting. How many of you have ever taken accounting? Get off by one penny 
and it'll drive you nuts. When I took accounting, they would give me problems. I'd have all the, the big, long problems, and it would intentionally be off by a cent. And I had to find the cent where it was off. I wanted to go up to my teacher and say, man, I'll give you a penny. That's not the point. The point was, is you've got to be able to know where you're at. And so he comes back and he brings him in and he starts asking questions. And the guy that he'd given five talents to came back and said, hey, I gained five more talents. Can I put it to you in plain terms? He said, Lord, I used what you gave me. And it ended up producing more. You see, you don't ever have to worry about having more until you learn to use what you got. And he, the, and he looked at him and he said, man, you did a great job. You're a good and faithful servant. He said, you, you've been faithful over a few things. I'm going to make you ruler over many. Enter in to the joy of the Lord. How many of you have had some bad days? Anybody ever have a bad day? How many of you have had some some really bad days. Anybody ever have a really bad day? How many of you have ever had just a stinking lousy day? You ever have any of those? Those are the ones you look for, aren't they? Anybody ever wake up in the morning and say, God, I'd love to have a stinking lousy day today? No, we don't want those, but those come in life. He, this is what he said. He didn't tell him about everything he went through for that five talents to become ten talents. He didn't tell him about all the trials and tests that he endured, about the things he tried and they failed, about the times that he tried to get up and get going and he just fell back down. He didn't say that. He just said, what you gave me uh, has produced more. You're never going to get through life without some difficulties. Uh, the question becomes, will you keep pushing? Will you keep moving forward? The other guy said, Lord, the two that you've given me has produced two more. Everybody say, I got two more. And he says to him the same thing that he said to the other guy. He didn't degrade him because he only produced two talents. He looked at him and he said, You've done a great job. He said, enter in. He said, you've been faithful over a few things. I'm going to make you ruler over many. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Why, why would he do that? Because he knew their ability. And he's not measuring them by someone else's ability. He measures us by our own. So the individual comes up that had one talent and he comes up and he says, Lord, look, man, I, that, that talent you gave me, he said, I was afraid to do anything with it because I know what a hard man you are. You reap where you don't sow and you harvest what you haven't planted. So I took that talent and I buried it. Everybody say buried it. This is unique and I want you to get this because I want you to see how this connects to us. He said, I buried it and it goes, I buried it in the earth. Buried it in the ground. I just, I, I just put it down there. What's that got to do with us? The scripture said that he created us out of the dust of the earth. 
We are that ground that that talent gets buried in. We hide it in us. We don't use it. We hang on to it. We hoard it. But we never share it so it doesn't do anything. And this is what the Lord said to him. He said, you're a wicked and lazy servant. Whoa. You got to be. He said, look, man. He said, I'm going to, can I put this in vernacular terms? I'm going to judge you by your own words. You said I was hard. If you knew, if you knew I was hard, the least you could have done was taken what I gave you and put it in the bank and it would have gained interest. The least we can do is share what he's done for us with someone else. The least we can do. And he, he, he told him that he was just messed up. He calls him wicked and lazy. And he gives him the reason why. Because he had made the investment according to each person's ability. Turn around, look at your neighbor, and say, he knows what you're capable of. I want to say it again. He knows what you're capable of. Roll the clip for me, please. So, Coach, how strong is Westview this year? A lot stronger than we are. You already written Friday night down as a loss, Brock? Well, not if I know we could beat them. Come here, Brock. You too, Jeremy. What, am I in trouble now? Not yet. I want to see you do the death crawl again, except I want to see your absolute best. <laughs> <laughs> what, you want me to go to the 30? I think you can go to the 50. A 50? I can go to the 50 if nobody's on my back. I think you can do it with Jeremy on your back. But even if you can, I want you to promise me you're going to do your best. All right. Your best. Okay. You going to give me your best? I'm going to give you my best. All right, one more thing. I want you to do it blindfolded. Why? Because I want you giving up at a certain point when you can go further. Get down. Jeremy, get on his back. <laughs> get a good tight hold, Jeremy. All right. Let's go, Brock. Keep your knees off the ground. Just your hands and feet. There you go. A little bit left. A little bit left. There you go. Show me good effort. That way, Brock. You keep coming. There you go. It's a good start. A little bit left. A little bit left. There you go, Brock. Good strength. That's it, Brock. That's it. Not the 20 yet? Forget the 20. You give me your best. You keep going. That's it. No, don't stop, Brock. You got more in you than that. Hey, done. Just rest in a second. You got to keep moving. Let's keep moving. Let's go. Don't quit till you got nothing left. There you go. Keep moving. Keep moving. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. You keep driving. Keep your knees off the ground. Keep driving it. Your very best. Your very best. Your very best. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. That's it. That's it. Keep going. Don't quit on me. Keep going. Keep driving it. Keep driving. Keep your knees off the ground. That's it. Your very best. Don't quit on me. Your very best. Keep driving. Keep driving. There you go. There you go. That's it. You keep driving. Keep your knees off the ground. Keep driving it. Don't quit till you got nothing left. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. That's it. That's it. 
Keep going. I want everything you got. Come on, keep going. It hurts. Don't quit on me. Your very best. Keep driving. Keep driving. There you go. There you go. He's heavy. I know he's heavy. I'm bad out of strength. Then you negotiate with your body to find more strength, but don't you give up on me, Brock. You keep going, you hear me? You keep going. You're doing good. You keep going. Do not quit on me. You keep going. It hurts. I know it hurts. You keep going. You keep going. It's all hard from here. 30 more steps. You keep going, Brock. Come on. Keep going. Burn. And let it burn. burn. It's all hard. You keep going, Brock. Come on. Come on. Keep going. You promised me your best. You're back! Don't stop! Keep going! Too hard! It's not too hard! You keep going! Come on, Brock! Give me more! Give me more! Keep going! 20 more steps! 20 more! Keep going, Brock! Give me your back! Don't quit! No! Keep going! Keep going! Keep going! Don't quit! Don't quit! Don't quit! Brock Kelly, you don't quit! Keep going! Keep going! Go, Brock Kelly! You don't quit on me! Look up, Brock. You're in the end zone. Brock, you are the most influential player on this team. If you walk around defeated, so will they. Oh, tell me you can't give me more than what I've been seeing. You just carried a 140-pound man across this whole field on your arms. Brock, I need you. God's gifted you with the ability of leadership. Don't waste it. Coach. Can I count on you? Yes. Coach. What is it, Jeremy? I wear 160. best, your very best, because that's what he gave for us. He said, it hurts. It burns. I don't have any more. Don't you quit on me, Brock Kelly. You promised me your best, your very best. I wonder what it was like the first time he felt that whip rip the flesh off of his back. God, I can't take anymore. No. He didn't walk away. Forty, <laughs> thirty-nine lashes across his back. 
And with each one, he could have quit, but he didn't. A crown of thorns beat down on his head. I don't know if you understand, but you've got, you have nerve endings through your head that, and, and when those thorns pierced it, it just sent excruciating pain through his body. But he didn't quit. A 75-pound beam that was jagged and rugged digging into the back that had already been laid open and carrying it through the streets of Jerusalem to a hill. But he didn't quit. Even when they spit at him and they hit him and they laughed at him and he fell over with that thing and couldn't go another step. He did not quit. Seven-inch spikes through his hands and his feet, and he refused to quit. When he tried to breathe and he was suffocating from the liquid that was surrounding his lungs, he did not quit. When he had to push himself up and felt it tear his hands and tear his feet, he did not quit quit. Why? Because he said, if this is the only way uh, that I can reach them, I, I'm going to give them my very best, uh, my very best. Uh, and now uh, he's on a journey, uh, and he's imparted something to us. Uh, he said, I go away, but I'm going. the Father's going to send you a comforter in my name. Uh, it's going to lead you into all truth and righteousness. He's given us something to equip us. Yeah. He knows each one of us. And each one of us are uniquely different, crafted by his hand. He didn't want us all to be the same. He didn't want a hundred Rick McNeely's running around. One was enough. He didn't want, do you understand? You are unique. There are over four billion people in the world. And no one's got the same fingerprint you've got. Not one. Because you're fearfully and awesomely made. He believes in you. The problem is that sometimes we don't believe in ourselves. Why did he blindfold him? He said, I don't want you quitting and giving up when you could go further. We have this tendency that, that's why the scripture said, he that compareth himself to another isn't wise. This isn't about, well, I'm doing as much as they're doing. It's about, are you doing what he equipped you for? Are you doing what he gave you the talent for? People sometimes will come up and they say, man, you, you know, the way that you preach, the way that, you know, it's just, you know, I wish I could do that. But do you understand that for me, if I didn't do this, I would explode. Something inside of me that compels me. I was doing this long before I was ever getting paid for it. I was doing it long before there was ever a paycheck because there was something inside of me that had to declare his word. I'd go to work at a secular job and hear a voice speaking to me saying, why are you still here? My people need to know that they're winners and not losers. What are you doing here? I was afraid to leave. I was afraid to walk out. It was my security. It was my safe zone. It was what I was comfortable with. But I couldn't live with going home 
And I kept thinking, what am I going to do if 10 years from now I'm still doing this, wondering what would have happened if I would have trusted God? You, we don't judge ourselves according to another man. So you can't make a judgment call according to what I do concerning your life. Because he gave to everyone according to their ability. But this is what I've discovered. Until you use what you've got, you'll never have more. People say, well, if I just had a place to preach, let me tell you, I didn't have a pulpit to stand behind. I grabbed a bullhorn and got in a car because if it's in here, it's got to come out. Folks thought I was nuts. My wife thought, well, she hadn't married me yet, and I think she was wondering whether or not she should. <laughs> Folks thought I was flipped out. Man, they took me home. I got so excited one night at a service. You think I am subdued, folks. You come in here and think, oh, man, that guy's all, you, you, I am very subdued. Thank you. See, if I was professional, I'd have a handkerchief. <laughs> I, I, I was in a service one, and I just got so excited. People were getting baptized. I got so excited. I don't know what happened to me. I don't know what came over me. All I know is I tried to jump in the baptistry. I was, <laughs> I was the pastor's looking at me and he's going, I said, man, I'm, God's good. They wouldn't let me drive home. They drove me home. My, my brother-in-law drove me home in my Jeep. The, the, the hood was off of it. I was in the back hanging on to the row bars, jumping up and down. He's alive. He's alive. Jesus is alive. So Gary decided not to take me right home. He drove me around the block a few times. I'm not talking about something you work up. I'm not talking about something that's fake or phony. I'm talking about a personal relationship that God builds in your heart that you have to answer. Now listen to what he said. He said, Brock, you're the most influential player on this team. God has gifted you with a gift of leadership. I can hear all the religious folk now. Really? A football equivalates to leadership? When you can lead folks in a field to go down to the other end and get busted up on the way, simply to be able to get a touchdown, you've equipped them for life. What are you talking about? You have to learn how to set a goal. You have to learn how to push toward that goal even when there's opposition. You have to learn that along the way you're going to get some bangs and bruises, but that doesn't mean you quit. I remember I was playing football, man. A guy came up, smacked me in the mouth, cut my lip. I nearly cut it. I nearly bit it through. Man, I had blood 
pouring out of my mouth. And I, this, this is a parable. I, well, I mean, no, it really happened. But what I'm saying is, well, you'll understand in a minute. So I'm, I'm, I'm spitting blood, and they said, man, you, you, need to go, you need to go see the coach. I said, after the next snap, because I saw who smacked me in the mouth, and I wasn't ready to leave yet. So when they, I'm not recommending this, understand, I'm speaking spiritual terms. So when they snapped that ball the next time, and I came up and caught that guy, And I looked at him and I said, I'm ready to go now. <laughs> Just because you get banged up doesn't mean you ought to walk away. Just because there's some tough times doesn't mean you've lost. His greatest victory came when he was hurting the most. You're in the end zone. You've gone farther than you ever thought you could. You pushed yourself beyond Limits that you had set on yourself. Not that the coach had set on you, but that you had set on yourself. Can I, if you'll let me refer to God as the head coach, he knows what you're capable of. And when you're ready to step off the court or off the field and he knows you've got more in you, he's just trying to pull in it out of you. Turn around and look at your neighbor and say, is that your best? Your, your very best? He wants our best. In Luke 16 and 12, it says, if you can't be trusted with someone else's wealth, who will give you your own? He's equipped us with talent. Everyone isn't the same, but everyone's been equipped. The question is, will you use what you've got or will you bury it here in this earth? We lack faith in believing we can. God believes in us. Don't you think it's time that we start believing in him? When I, started, when I started doing mission work, <laughs> I, I mean, look, man, I wasn't part of a great big organization that was backing me. When I quit my job, I had one revival scheduled. And I had told God, I said, God, I'm willing to quit, but I need a year's worth of revival scheduled before I do. I thought that was fair. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. I thought, come on, God, you got to be kidding me. I had more revival scheduled before I ever thought about quitting than I did afterwards. But do you know for over 20 years of our lives that we didn't know where we were going from one week to the next week? And it was, but he was always faithful. It was always, 
happening that was always, I sure didn't know that I was going to wind up in Russia and then end up taking hundreds of people into other countries and had no clue. I mean, I didn't have, how, how am I supposed to do that? I had, the, my first year of being on the field, I made like half of what I made while I was working that secular job. But I promise you, I had twice as much as I'd ever had in my life. God's got a way if you'll just believe. Look at your neighbor and say, just believe. Just believe. So the question is, will you use what you've got? You know, in, in the book of Luke, it's unique because there's a parallel that, that kind of, there, or there's a parable that kind of parallels this parable. Except what they did with it, with the, the money that they got, it said this guy wrapped it in a cloth. Everybody say a napkin. I looked that up in Greek, and you know what that was? It was a towel. And I thought about last week's message. Huh. We take our talent, wrap it in the towel that we're going to serve with, and bury it. So we end up doing nothing with what we've been given. Everybody say, just use it. You know, Nate got up here, what was it, a few weeks ago? Well, no, no, I'm talking about the first time. You know, we had to talk him into it. I didn't know that he sang at all, you know, he, and, and found out in a, I don't even remember how we found out, and, and when Debbie found out, it was like, you know, well, you, you need to sing, and he, he got up and, and he sang that song, what was it, Hallelujah? How, but you know, not the, not the one we sang today. What, how's that go? <laughs> Help me out. Huh? The hallelujah what? Christmas. Christmas? Yeah. Oh, okay. Anyway, he sang this song. And, and it, was, it was, those of you that are watching or listening, you should be here and you'd understand what's going on. So they... <clears throat> What I'm saying is this, is that when he sang that, man, all of a sudden people all over the audience started perking up. I didn't know he could do that. I, I thought all he knew how to do was check my heart out. <laughs> he didn't check your heart out that day. He touched your heart that day. <laughs> That's what happens. God's got a gift for you. Everybody say, a gift. Doris goes to the, these wild luncheons, you know, and, and she makes all this unique stuff. All she ever makes for me is breakfast. <laughs> she makes all this stuff, but it's, it's a gift. Everybody say, a gift. Yeah. I could go make some hors d'oeuvres for you. I'm sure you would like rich crackers with a piece of American cheese and an olive stuck on it. <laughs> she, she's got a gift for it. I, I, it. It's just... People have gifts that they don't understand that God can use. So I started taking contractors into other places. And I thought, God, God's laying on my heart. I want you to go build a church over here. I'm thinking, you got to be kidding. God, you want me to build? Do you, you didn't put that talent in me. I don't know how to build. And this is what I heard. It's because I don't want you to think that you can do it all. 
I want you to learn how to bring gifts together for my purpose. So here's my question for you. Are you ready to give it your best? Your, your best. Your very best. Don't quit on me. Don't stop halfway through. Don't, don't all of a sudden, well, I've done all I can do. I shook their hand at the door. You can't expect me to shake it after church. Don't, don't quit on me. Don't say, well, I was in, you know, I, I did, I, I was in there with all them rowdy kids last week. I, you know, I'll be back in about six months. Don't you, don't, don't quit. You're not doing it for me. You're doing it for him. You, we, there's a, there's a car out in the parking lot. I don't know if that young lady's here or not, but there's a car out in the parking lot on, in, in the gravel and it's, it's got a flat tire and I, we came in, I, I saw this lady, young girl out there and walking around and I'm thinking, man, what's wrong? You know, and I see her open her trunk and, you know, I'm thinking, well, maybe she's got a flat tire and I thought, boy, I hope she can change it. I drove down to where she was, and I asked her, I said, I said you need help? And she said, no, I, I called my, my stepfather. He's supposed to be here. You know, he's supposed to be. So uh, I said, you sure you don't? He said, no, he's supposed to be here. So I, I, I went back up in here, and I got to thinking. I thought, man, it's getting darker. In about 10 minutes, I went back out, and I thought, I need to, get, I, I need to go ahead and start this because I don't know if her stepfather's coming or not. And so I, I go down there, and as I go down there, I notice my wife's down there. And I thought, what is she doing, strangling that girl? I, I, I look up and, and I, I, is that Debbie? And I see her like this. Come here a minute. Hurry, hurry. <laughs> so I, I see, I, I can't even see the girl anymore. <laughs> I see that, you know, and I'm thinking, what's going on down there? And I get down there and, and that, she was a little, and I get down there and she's got this girl wrapped up in her arms. That girl had been crying. She's given her heart to God in the parking lot. Can I share it with you? Look, that's her gift that she has got. God has uniquely given her the ability to be able to, co to come in contact with complete strangers. And, and with a scripture, and with a word, she disarms them and, and, and she, she leads them to the Lord. I've seen it over and over and over. And so I was trying to judge myself according to her gift. So I went into Walmart looking for someone. This is a true story. I'm not making this up. Looking for someone to minister to. I saw these ladies going like this, you know, and they're walking away from me, you know. I'm thinking, man, somebody's getting ready to call the cops on me. And, and they, I, I was trying to be her. I can't be her. There's only one of her, and I'm glad I got her. But let me just, let me just share this with you. It said God only made one of you. He's got a purpose for you. That purpose is unique. It's powerful. Don't say sell it short. Would you stand with me? When I was in Mexico and those guys didn't have a church, they didn't need the gift of my preaching. They needed a gift that knew how to build them a church. And so I found one. When those orphan, that little orphan boy was running around that orphanage he didn't need the gift of my preaching he needed someone that would love him and so a woman in her mid to late 60s showed up from Mississippi and 
wrapped that boy up in her arms and started hugging him. Debbie told him, this is your new American grandma. He called her grandma the rest of the trip. You know what grandma did? Grandma went home and met with her grandchildren and said, this year I'm going to give you a choice. I'll spend all the money that I normally spend on you at Christmas time if that's what you want. Or I'll give you that money and you can go out and buy Christmas for these children in the orphanage. And then at Christmas time, we'll go to Mexico and give those children those presents. And every one of those grandchildren said, we want to go to Mexico. And so that's what they did. They gave them something I couldn't. Oh, I can love you, but I can't love you like a grandma. <laughs> that was a unique gift. Some of you have the ability to do things with your hands that you discount and, and, and you think, well, it's no big deal, but it's huge for the individual that needs it. God put that in you. You may be even making a living with it right now. But he put it there for his purpose. So why don't you let him bring it out of you? Give it your best, your very best. When I was a kid, I used to go around singing this song. Well, I was a kid, I was, when I got saved, I guess 12, 13 years old was my first encounter with Christ. And 15, I wanted to be a janitor in a church because I didn't know how to do anything else. I really didn't know how to do that. But I remember singing that song, Jesus, use me. Lord, please don't refuse me. Surely there's a work I can do. And even though it's humble, Lord, help my will to crumble. For though the cost be great, I'll work for you. I just wanted so desperately to do something for him. Can I tell you, I, I hadn't got too good to scrub a toilet. I hope you never do either. Because there's something about humility that draws God's presence to you. He said, he resisteth the proud, but he giveth grace to the humble. Say, Pastor, I don't know. What do I do? I mean, how, how do I even know what my gift is? We talked about it a little earlier. Noah spoke about it. Next steps. That's not some religious class that we do here at the church like, you know, okay, this is your next step. It's about helping you discover where your talent is where your gift is. The worst thing you can do to a person is put them someplace that they've got no grace for. Put them somewhere that they, that's, not, that's not their gift. But if you put them where they have a gift, they shine. Sometimes we're trying to stick square pegs in round holes. 
And God's saying, why don't you just let me handle that? Just encourage people and let them know that I made them with a purpose in mind. And I've got something for everyone to do. And if they'll just follow after me, I'll show them what that something is. We hope you've been touched by today's message. I wanted to take a moment and just remind you how very much God loves you. The Apostle Peter tells us that it's not his will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. In the book of Jeremiah, the 29th chapter, God speaks through the prophet and tells us that I know what my plans are for you, that they're plans for good and not for destruction, to give you a future and a hope. That's what God wants for your life. He has a plan and a purpose designed specifically for you. And you can walk into that plan and purpose by just asking him in your heart today. I wonder if you'd take a moment right now and just stop wherever you're at and pray this prayer with me. God, I ask you to forgive me of all of my sin. Lord, I believe that Jesus was crucified on my behalf that you raised him from the dead so that I could have life. And right now, I accept you as my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer and you meant it from your heart, we believe that angels are rejoicing in heaven because you've come home. Now the important thing is for you to find a good Bible-believing church and become a part of that as you continue your journey with Jesus. We want to invite you to come and be with us any chance you get. Until then, remember, Jesus loves you, and we do too.